The Complete Works of Winnie the Pooh. The immortal stories from the books Winnie the Pooh and The House at Pooh Corner, and poems from When We Were Very Young and Now We Are Six by Alan Alexander Milne. Presented for radio, unabridged, in 18 parts. Produced by Christopher Toyne and performed by Peter Dennis. Part two, in which Pooh goes visiting and gets into a tight place, and in which Eeyore loses a tail and Pooh finds one. This program is dedicated to Christopher Milne. Sneasels. Christopher Robin had weasels and sneasels. They bundled him into his bed. They gave him what goes with a cold in the nose and some more for a cold in the head. They wondered if weasels could turn into measles, if sneasels would turn into mumps. They examined his chest for a rash and the rest of his body for swellings and lumps. They sent for some doctors in sneasels and weasels to tell them what ought to be done. All sorts and conditions of famous physicians came hurrying round at a run. They all made a note of the state of his throat. They asked if he suffered from thirst. They asked if the sneezels came after the weasels, or if the first sneasel came first. They said, if you teasel a sneasel or weasel, a measel may easily grow. But humour or pleasel the weasel or sneasel, the measel will certainly go. They expounded the reasons for sneezels and weasels, the manner of measles when new. They said, if he freezels in draughts and in breezels, then patheasels may even ensue. Christopher Robin got up in the morning. The sneezels had vanished away, and the look in his eye seemed to say to the sky, Now, how to amuse them today? In which Pooh goes visiting and gets into a tight place. Edward Bear, known to his friends as Winnie the Pooh, or Pooh for short, was walking through the forest one day, humming proudly to himself. He had made up a little hum that very morning as he was doing his stoutness exercises in front of the glass. Tra-la-la, tra-la-la, as he stretched up as high as he could, and then tra-la-la, tra-la, oh, help, la, as he tried to reach his toes. After breakfast, he had said it over and over to himself until he had learnt it off by heart, and now he was humming it right through, properly. It went like this. Tra-la-la, 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 rum-tum-tiddle-lum-tum, tiddle-little-tiddle-little-tiddle-little, rum-tum-tum-tiddle-lum. Well, he was humming this hum to himself and walking along gaily, wondering what everybody else was doing and what it felt like being somebody else, when suddenly he came to a sandy bank, and in the bank was a large hole. Aha, said Pooh, rum-tum-tiddle-lum-tum. If I know anything about anything, that hole means rabbit, he said, and rabbit means company he said, and company means food, and listening to me humming and such like. Rum, tum, tum, diddlum. So he bent down, put his head into the hole and called out, Is anybody at home? 
There was a sudden scuffling noise from inside the hole and then silence. What I said was, is anybody at home? called out Pooh very loudly. No, said a voice, and then added, You needn't shout so loud. I heard you quite well the first time. Bother, said Pooh. Isn't there anybody here at all? Nobody. Winnie the Pooh took his head out of the hole and thought for a little, and he thought to himself, There must be somebody there, because somebody must have said nobody. So he put his head back in the hole and said, Hello, Rabbit, isn't that you? No, said Rabbit in a different sort of voice this time. But isn't that Rabbit's voice? I don't think so, said Rabbit. It isn't meant to be. Oh, said Pooh. He took his head out of the hole and had another think, and then he put it back and said, Well, could you very kindly tell me where Rabbit is? He has gone to see his friend Pooh Bear, who is a great friend of his. But this is me said Bear, very much surprised. What sort of me? Pooh Bear. Are you sure? said Rabbit, still more surprised. Quite, quite sure, said Pooh. Oh, well then, come in. So Pooh pushed and pushed and pushed his way through the hole, and at last he got in. You were quite right, said Rabbit, looking at him all over. It is you. Glad to see you. Who did you think it was? Well, I wasn't sure. You know how it is in the forest. One can't have anybody coming into one's house. One has to be careful. What about a mouthful of something? Pooh always liked a little something at eleven o'clock in the morning, and he was very glad to see Rabbit getting out the plates and mugs. And when Rabbit said, Honey or condensed milk with your bread? He was so excited that he said, both. And then, so as not to seem greedy, he added, But don't bother about the bread, please. And for a long time after that he said nothing, until at last, humming to himself in a rather sticky voice, he got up, shook Rabbit lovingly by the paw, and said that he must be going on. Must you? said Rabbit politely. Well said Pooh. I could stay a little longer if it, uh, if you, um... And he tried very hard to look in the direction of the larder. As a matter of fact, said Rabbit, I was going out myself directly. Oh, well then, I'll be going on. Goodbye. Well, goodbye. If you're sure you won't have any more. Is there any more? asked Pooh quickly. Rabbit took the covers off the dishes and said, no, there wasn't. I thought not, said Pooh, nodding to himself. Well, goodbye. I must be going on. So he started to climb out of the hole. He pulled with his front paws and pushed with his back paws, and in a little while his nose was out in the open again, and then his ears, and then his front paws, and then his shoulders, and then... Oh! Oh, help! said Pooh. I'd better go back. Oh, bother, said Pooh. 
I shall have to go on. Oh, I can't do either, said Pooh. Oh, help and bother. Now, by this time, Rabbit wanted to go for a walk too, and finding the front door full, he went out by the back door and came round to Pooh and looked at him. Hello, are you stuck? he asked. No, no, said Pooh carelessly, just resting and thinking and humming to myself. Here, give us a paw. Pooh Bear stretched out a paw, and Rabbit pulled and pulled and pulled. Oh, cried Pooh, you're hurting. The fact is, said Rabbit, you're stuck. It all comes, said Pooh crossly, of not having front doors big enough. It all comes, said Rabbit sternly, of eating too much. I thought at the time, said Rabbit, only I didn't like to say anything, said Rabbit, that one of us was eating too much, said Rabbit, and I knew it wasn't me, he said. Well, well, I shall go and fetch Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin lived at the other end of the forest, and when he came back with Rabbit and saw the front half of Pooh, he said, Silly old bear in such a loving voice that everybody felt quite hopeful again. I was just beginning to think, said Bear, sniffing slightly, that Rabbit might never be able to use his front door again, and I should hate that, he said. So should I, said Rabbit. Use his front door again, said Christopher Robin. Of course he'll use his front door again. Good, said Rabbit. If we can't pull you out, Pooh, we might push you back. Rabbit scratched his whiskers thoughtfully and pointed out that when once Pooh was pushed back, he was back. And of course nobody was more glad to see Pooh than he was. Still there it was. Some lived in trees and some lived underground and... You mean I'd never get out? Said Pooh. I mean, said Rabbit, that having got so far, it seems a pity to waste it. Christopher Robin nodded. Then there's only one thing to be done, he said. We shall have to wait for you to get thin again. How long does getting thin take? asked Pooh anxiously. About a week, I should think. But I can't stay here for a week. You can stay here, all right, silly old bear. It's getting you out which is so difficult. We'll read to you, ha, 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 said Rabbit cheerfully. And I hope it won't snow he added. And I say, old fellow, you're taking up a good deal of room in my house. Do you mind if I use your back legs as a towel horse? Because, I mean, there they are, doing nothing, and it would be very convenient just to hang the towels on them. A week? said Pooh gloomily. What about meals? I'm afraid no meals, said Christopher Robin, because of getting thin quicker. But we will read to you. Bear began to sigh, and then found that he couldn't because he was so tightly stuck, and a tear rolled down his eye as he said, Then would you read a sustaining book, such as would help and comfort a wedged bear in great tightness? So for a week Christopher Robin read that sort of book at the north end of Pooh and Rabbit hung his washing on the south end. And in between Bear felt himself getting slenderer and slenderer.
and at the end of the week, Christopher Robin said, Now! So he took hold of Pooh's front paws, and Rabbit took hold of Christopher Robin, and all Rabbit's friends and relations took hold of Rabbit, and then they all pulled together, and for a long time Pooh only said, Ow! And, Ooh! And then all of a sudden he said, just as if a cork were coming out of a bottle. And Christopher Robin and Rabbit and all Rabbit's friends and relations went head over heels backwards, and on the top of them came Winnie the Pooh, free. So, with a nod of thanks to his friends, he went on with his walk through the forest, humming proudly to himself. But Christopher Robin looked after him lovingly and said to himself, Silly old bear. Buckingham Palace. They're changing guard at Buckingham Palace. Christopher Robin went down with Alice. Alice is marrying one of the guard. A soldier's life is terrible hard, says Alice. They're changing guard at Buckingham Palace. Christopher Robin went down with Alice. We saw a guard in a sentry box. One of the sergeants looks after their socks, says Alice. They're changing guard at Buckingham Palace. Christopher Robin went down with Alice. We looked for the king, but he never came. Well, God take care of him all the same, says Alice. They're changing guard at Buckingham Palace. Christopher Robin went down with Alice. They've great big parties inside the grounds. I wouldn't be king for a hundred pounds, says Alice. They're changing guard at Buckingham Palace. Christopher Robin went down with Alice. A face looked out. But it wasn't the king's. He's much too busy assigning things, says Alice. They're changing guard at Buckingham Palace. Christopher Robin went down with Alice. Do you think the king knows all about me? Sure to, dear. But it's time for tea, says Alice. In which Eeyore loses a tail. And Pooh finds one. The old grey donkey Eeyore stood by himself in a thistly corner of the forest, his front feet well apart, his head on one side, and thought about things. Sometimes he thought sadly to himself, Why? And sometimes he thought, Wherefore? And sometimes he thought, In as much as which? And sometimes he didn't quite know what he was thinking about. So when Winnie the Pooh came stumping along, Eeyore was very glad to be able to stop thinking for a little in order to say, How do you do? In a gloomy manner to him. And how are you? said Winnie the Pooh. Eeyore shook his head from side to side. Not very how, he said. I don't seem to have felt at all how for a long time. Dear, dear, said Pooh, I'm sorry about that. Let's have a look at you. So Eeyore stood there, gazing sadly at the ground, and Winnie the Pooh walked all round him once. Why, what's happened to your tail? he said in surprise. What has happened to it? said Eeyore. It isn't there. Are you sure? Well, either a tail is there or it isn't there. 
You can't make a mistake about it, and yours isn't there. Then what is? Nothing. Let's have a look, said Eeyore, and he turned slowly round to the place where his tail had been a little while ago, and then finding that he couldn't catch it up, he turned round the other way until he came back to where he was at first, and then he put his head down and looked between his front legs, and at last he said with a long, sad sigh, I believe you're right. <gasps> of course I'm right, said Pooh. That accounts for a good deal, said Eeyore gloomily. It explains everything. No wonder. You must have left it somewhere, said Winnie the Pooh. Somebody must have taken it, said Eeyore. How like them, he added after a long silence. Pooh felt that he really ought to say something helpful about it, but didn't quite know what so he decided to do something helpful instead. Eeyore, he said solemnly, I, Winnie the Pooh, will find your tail for you. Thank you, Pooh, answered Eeyore. You're a real friend, said he. Not like some, he said. So Winnie the Pooh went off to find Eeyore's tail. It was a fine spring morning in the forest as he started out. Little soft clouds played happily in a blue sky, skipping from time to time in front of the sun as if they'd come to put it out, and then sliding away suddenly so that the next might have his turn. Through them and between them the sun shone bravely, and a copse which had worn its furs all the year round seemed old and dowdy now beside the new green lace which the beeches had put on so prettily. Through copse and spinney marched bare, down open slopes of gorse and heather, over rocky beds of streams, up steep banks of sandstone into the heather again, and so at last, tired and hungry, to the hundred-acre wood. For it was in the hundred-acre wood that Owl lived. And if anybody knows anything about anything, said Bear to himself, it's Owl who knows something about something he said, or oh, my name's not Winnie the Pooh, he said. Which it is, he added. So there you are. Owl lived at the Chestnuts, an old-world residence of great charm, which was grander than anybody else's, or seemed so to bear, because it had both a knocker and a bell-pull. Underneath the knocker there was a notice which said, Pless ring if an rinser is required. Underneath the bell pull there was a notice which said, Pless canoke if an rinser is not requid. These notices had been written by Christopher Robin, who was the only one in the forest who could spell. For Owl, wise though he was in many ways, able to read and write and spell his own name, Wall, yet somehow went all to pieces over delicate words like measles, and buttered toast. Winnie the Pooh read the two notices very carefully, first from left to right, and afterwards, in case he had missed some of it, from right to left. Then, to make quite sure, he knocked and pulled the knocker, and he pulled and knocked the bell rope, and he called out in a very loud voice, Owl, I require an answer, 
It's Bear speaking. And the door opened, and Owl looked out. Hello, Pooh, <laughs> he said. How's things? Terrible and sad, said Pooh, because Eeyore, who is a friend of mine, has lost his tail, and he's moping about it. So could you very kindly tell me how to find it for him? Well, said Owl, the customary procedure in such cases is as follows. What does Krusty Moni Proceed Cake mean? said Pooh, for I am a bear of very little brain, and long words bother me. It means the thing to do. As long as it means that, I don't mind, said Pooh humbly. The thing to do is as follows. First, issue a reward, then... Just a moment, said Pooh, holding up his paw. What do we do to this, what you were saying? You sneezed just as you were going to tell me. I didn't sneeze. Yes, you did, Al. Excuse me, Pooh, I didn't. You can't sneeze without knowing it. Well, you can't know it without something having been sneezed. What I said was, first issue a reward. You're doing it again, said Pooh sadly. A reward, said Al very loudly. We write a notice to say that we will give a large something to anybody who finds Eeyore's tail. I see, I see, said Pooh, nodding his head. Talking about large somethings, he went on dreamily, I generally have a small something about now, about this time in the morning. And he looked wistfully at the cupboard in the corner of Al's parlour. Just a mouthful of condensed milk or what not, with perhaps a lick of honey. Well then, said Al, we write out this notice and we put it up all over the forest. A lick of honey, murmured Bear to himself, or, or not, as the case may be. And he gave a deep sigh and tried very hard to listen to what Al was saying. But Al went on and on using longer and longer words, until at last he came back to where he started, and he explained that the person to write out this notice was Christopher Robin. It was he who wrote the ones on my front door for me. <laughs> Did you see them, Pooh? For some time now, Pooh had been saying yes and no in turn, with his eyes shut to all that Al was saying, and having said yes, yes last time, he said, no, not at all, now, without really knowing what Owl was talking about. Oh, didn't you see them? <laughs> said Owl, a little surprised. Come and look at them now. So they went outside, and Pooh looked at the knocker and the notice below it, and he looked at the bell rope and the notice below it. And the more he looked at the bell rope, the more he felt that he had seen something like it somewhere else. Some time before. <laughs> a handsome bell rope, isn't it? <laughs> said Owl. Pooh nodded. It reminds me of something, he said. But I can't think what. Where did you get it? I just came across it in the forest, and it was hanging over a bush, and I thought at first somebody lived there, so I rang it, and nothing happened, and then I rang it again very loudly, and it came off in my hand, and as nobody seemed to want it, I took it home, and... Owl, said Pooh solemnly, you made a mistake. 
Somebody did want it. Who? Eeyore. My dear friend Eeyore, he was... Uh, he was fond of it. Fond of it? Attached to it, said Winnie the Pooh sadly. So with these words he unhooked it and carried it back to Eeyore. And when Christopher Robin had nailed it on in its right place again, Eeyore frisked about the forest, waving his tail so happily that Winnie the Pooh came over all funny and had to hurry home for a little snack of something to sustain him. And wiping his mouth half an hour afterwards, he sang to himself proudly, Who found the tail? I, said Pooh, at a quarter to two. Only it was quarter to eleven, really. I found the tail. Hoppity. Christopher Robin goes hoppity, 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 hop. Whenever I tell him politely to stop it, he says he can't possibly stop. If he stopped hopping, he couldn't go anywhere. Poor little Christopher couldn't go anywhere. That's why he always goes hoppity, 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 hop. Sand between the toes. I went down to the shouting sea, taking Christopher down with me. For nurse had given us sixpence each, and down we went to the beach. We had sand in the eyes and the ears and the nose, and sand in the hair and sand between the toes. Whenever a good nor'wester blows, Christopher is certain of sand between the toes. The sea was galloping grey and white. Christopher clutched his sixpence tight. We clambered over the humping sand, and Christopher held my hand. We had sand in the eyes and the ears and the nose, and sand in the hair and sand between the toes. Whenever a good nor'wester blows, Christopher is certain of sand between the toes. There was a roaring in the sky. The seagulls cried as they blew by. We tried to talk, but we had to shout. Nobody else was out. When we got home, we had sand in the hair, in the eyes, in the ears, and everywhere. Whenever a good nor'wester blows, Christopher is found with sand between the toes. Daffodowndilly she wore her yellow sunbonnet. She wore her greenest gown. She turned to the south wind and curtsied up and down. She turned to the sunlight and shook her yellow head and whispered to her neighbor, Winter is dead. The Complete Works of Winnie the Pooh Performed by Peter Dennis based on the stage show Bother. Music composed and conducted by Don Davis. Piano played by Gloria Chang and clarinet by Charles Boito. Production recorded and mixed by Jeff Sykes at KCRW Santa Monica. Executive producer Jacqueline Delorier. Radio production directed by Christopher Toyne. A co-production of KCRW and Bother LA Production. You've just heard the complete works of Winnie the Pooh on ICANN HD2 and ICANNRadio.org.
Unabridged recordings of the four Winnie the Pooh books can be found at downpour.com or by calling 1-855-369-6768.